1: What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G Sports.com. Is this a must-win game for the Arkansas Razorbacks heading over to Provo, Utah, to face the BYU Cougars? There's no more conference games, so it's not like Arkansas is battling for conference supremacy or anything. It's just about getting to a bowl game. So we're going to break down this game with Curtis Wilkerson. He's also going to chime in with a little bit of basketball knowledge as well as as Arkansas is getting ready to play the the red white scrimmage on Saturday, or excuse me, on Sunday. And Mitch Harper over from Cougar Sports Insider, the BYU 24. 24- Sports site is also going to join us to help us break down this game. All that and more on today's episode of Hog Sports Live. And before we get started with your primer, I want to remind you, of course, there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Be one of nearly 100,000 Razorback fans to follow the page if you haven't done so already. Throw us a like if you're enjoying it. Also, available on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to the channel and hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. And throw us a like on that channel as well and leave your comments. Share the content with other people if you think they might enjoy it. Also, available on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't thrown us a five star review, Man, that means everything to us if you could do that. If you could just take a moment to leave us a five-star review, say something about the show so others can know uh, what you think about it, what they might also expect. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, anywhere else you think of to find your favorite podcast. And, of course, Sports is just $1 right now for your first month at hawgsports.com, or you can sign up for an annual membership at 30% off. Is it a must-win game? I mean, you don't want to lose four in a row. (laughs) So, yeah, it kind of feels like it. Uh, Before we get into that, I want to just touch on a couple of things. uh, 24-7 Sports came out with their newest rankings uh, for the class of 2023, and there's a couple of moves for Arkansas commits. Micah Tees, the athlete from Booker T. Washington, probably going to play cornerback, I guess. Or, excuse me, uh, not cornerback, but wide receiver. uh, Has moved up to 109. He was 119, so a nice move from him. Uh, a bigger move for Jalen Braxton. Jalen Braxton has moved all the way up to 108. So Arkansas has got 108 and 109 ranked players in the country. Braxton was number 146 nationally. So that's a pretty significant jump at this point in the season for Jalen Braxton. Shamar Easter moved down a few spots from 157 or excuse me, from 150 to 157. Luke, ha- Luke has moved from 158 to 165. Uh, Isaiah Augustav has moved. Up from 190 to 173, another pretty significant jump. Malachi Singleton moves from 234 to 241. And then Danny lists a couple other targets like Marcus Dill uh, out of Garland, Texas, defensive lineman who moved from 58 to 66, another guy that Arkansas is targeting. Not expecting a whole lot more high school additions in this class, but there are obviously a few guys that they would absolutely take. And they can take as many as they want, up to 85 overall. Uh, Arkansas baseball yesterday beat Texas Rangers instructional team 10-2, to or no, yeah, 10-2. Uh, Andrew Ellis has a lot more in-depth on that. I'm not going to bore you with my lack of baseball knowledge, but if you want to read all that content, uh, there are some free articles from Andrew Ellis on there uh, just about, you know, everything that went on, pitching, matchups, all that kind of stuff. Pitch and match The pitching staff shines, he says, in the first meeting. So uh, go check out that from Andrew Ellis. I'll tell you what else shines is my internet connection. It's fantastic. Never have a problem with it ever. Never had to unplug it and replug it. Never get into an argument with kids or wife or anything about why is the internet not working. I don't know, honey. I can't figure it out. Don't have some internet person coming to check my house all the time. Those guys installed it, what, 14 months ago, something like that? No, longer than that. Last... July before last, June before last, and I have not thought about them since they came and installed it. It's a great service to have. Uh, They're available north of the tunnel generally uh, in northwest Arkansas, eastern Oklahoma as well. If you get Ozarks Electric, then you probably get these guys. If you don't, you might still get them, so you can go to their website and find out. If you can, go to OzarksGo.net slash hog. That's H-A-W-G, Ozarks plural sounding ozarksgo.net slash hog and there's an icon at the top you can check availability if you're on mobile there's three bars and you can check the drop down box to check availability that way there's also a phone number 479-684-4900 i'll leave a description below on youtube so you can uh, hit the link easily and and go check those guys out they offer a thousand megabits per second which they call their gigabit and a hundred megabits per second wouldn't be promoting anything that I didn't believe in. I used these guys well before they became a sponsor of the show, so I just want you to know that I've been using these guys. I used several other services in the past also, and uh, there's a reason that I kept changing, and uh, I'm sticking with Ozarks Go, and you should too. CBS ranks all twenty-five, excuse me, all hundred and thirty-one FBS teams. Uh, Arkansas is forty-fourth. They have certainly slid. It's crazy that we're six weeks past football starting. I mean, you spend so much time, and I was talking with Rick and Randy on Drive Time the other day about this, like you probably spend like 48 weeks just on football out of the year. You get maybe a month spread out where you're not – focused entirely on football, and maybe it's just a week here where you get to go home before fall camp starts, you know, between the conditioning cycle in the summer to when fall camp starts, you know, a week here, Christmas, you know, little breaks here and there, and that's all you get, and the rest of the time is spent focusing on football, and so many bad things can happen. Injuries can happen. Um, You know, you drop your first game. You you, like Arkansas on a three-game losing streak. That's got to weigh on your psyche. Arkansas has got to get these guys back. They've got to get them refocused, taking it on the road to Provo, Utah. It's not going to be an easy game, but in my opinion, they've got to win it. They've got to win it, especially you're heading into a bye week. So it's way better to go into a bye week coming off of a win versus coming off of a loss. And then it's Auburn, at Auburn, a game that they can win on the road There's a stretch of games here that they can win every single one of them. They need to get healthy. I think I would feel a lot better about Arkansas's chances in this one if they had one guy who we don't know about, and that's Miles Slusher. Obviously, the other guys, Kari Johnson, Jaden Johnson, all those guys would be great to have back, obviously. But the guy that could really make a difference and that is a step above seemingly everybody else, maybe except for McGlother, and pretty good, uh, is Miles Slusher. And he just hasn't been the same since, I mean, early in the season. I mean, think about that, though. 48 weeks of training for football, and then, you know, you get knocked out of the first game, and you miss the second game, and then you come back to the game after that, and you're injured in that game. And you come back against Alabama, and, you know, it's the calf injury, and you're not anywhere close to 100%, and it's obvious. They just go straight at you. It's got to be frustrating for Miles to be a guy that's that talented and – to be struggling like that. Arkansas is projected right now by CBS Sports to face Minnesota in the Music City Bowl. So they're still projected to go to a bowl game. I still think that's very much possible. I still think there's a possibility that they can go on a real tear here. I really think that's possible. Some good games coming up this weekend you got usc number 7 usc at number 20 utah you got number 8 oklahoma state at number 13 tcu number 16 mississippi state at number 22 kentucky will will levis go number 15 north carolina state at number 7 or excuse me number 18 syracuse you don't usually see syracuse in there i'll tell you another team you don't usually see in there and that's number 19 kansas at oklahoma can Oklahoma get it back together against Kansas? That's an intriguing game. You'd never say that in the last 20 years. Number four, Clemson at Florida State. LSU at Florida. Number 10, Penn State at number five, Michigan. Number three, Alabama at number six, Tennessee. That's a game right there. Does Bryce Young play? If Bryce Young plays and you, like you like Alabama's chances, if not, it could be a dogfight. That's a big game, and unless you're recording it to watch later or something and avoiding the scores like I'm going to try to do, um, then you're not going to be able to see it because it's running the same time as Arkansas's game. Where are we going? Oh, Andrew's doing this thing now. Andrew Ellis has been with us for over a year now. Uh covers all aspects, obviously. I mentioned some of his baseball content. But we've kind of switched over from doing the, the polls before the season starts or before the, the game starts. Like, we do ten poll questions, but it's just started getting kind of redundant. You see the traffic falling off. So, we wanted to do another, like, you know, kind of long-form type story. So, we've been doing um, uh, newcomer reports. And, and he breaks down all the newcomers, uh, you know, the, the snaps that they received, all that stuff. Matt Landers had 43 snaps last week, only three targets. 395 snaps for for the season, 17 catches, 261 yards. Drew Sanders played 85 snaps last week. That's too many snaps. I'm sorry. It's too many. Uh, there's nothing you can really do because they don't have a whole lot of depth there. And, you know, you got Bumper who needs to come out more because he's injured. Uh, he's played 424 snaps so far this season. Jaden Hazelwood played 40 snaps last week. He's dealing with a shoulder issue, 355 snaps so far, 27 catches for 364 yards, two touchdowns. Terry Hampton with 35 snaps. It's probably a good number for a defensive lineman. 177 on the season. Latavius Briney played 43 snaps, 278 on the season. Richard Binion had 13 snaps in the game. Freshman running back who's really starting to come on. And I've kind of said before, like I want to see Arkansas go with two backs. And if you need to sprinkle in a third here and there or an injury or something, that's fine. But you got to pick two backs. And right now, it feels like Binion is going to be that guy. It doesn't feel like it's going to be Dominic Johnson. I don't know if they just don't feel like he's 100% back, but he's had three carries in the last two games. So uh, it could feel like maybe a little more the Binion, Rocket sanders show. Cade Fortin, 13 snaps last week. That's not right. Yeah, 13 snaps last week. So that was the guy that went into the game as the starting quarterback. 26 snaps on the year. And he breaks down some things on special teams as well. So, a fun article to read. He's got more than just that information I read, a little breakdown on some of the things they did and stuff. Uh, but that's a free article, actually, on, uh, on Hog Sports. Good story by Andrew. Danny did a nice article comparing <laughs> Arkansas's secondary talent to the rest of the SEC, which they don't have a lot of players available, obviously. And I don't know that he included guys like Quincy McAdoo or Samuel Bakke guys that were wide receivers that have now moved to the secondary. Those guys are going to stay there for the rest of the year. Now, I like both of those guys. They're both big, physical. Uh, They're different, you know, a little bit differently built. Uh, I would say that McAdoo is kind of built more like Jaden Wilson and Bakke's built a little more like Keytron Jackson. I wouldn't hate seeing one of those guys stick at that position. I think that that would probably be – probably be – a good thing for Arkansas's future at that position. If I was going to pick a guy, I think I might pick Bakay. I just think the way he's put together, he might be a better cornerback long-term than Quincy will be. Now, Quincy's also got a cast on his hand. He's dealing with that, too. So, But uh, anyway, I digress. Arkansas is last in the SEC West when you consider their talent at in the secondary, an average player ranking of .87. Mississippi State, .88, Auburn, .89, Ole Miss, .89, LSU, .9, Texas A&M, .93, and Alabama, .95. Arkansas is 11th overall in talent in the secondary and banged up. A lot of people are talking about Fireberry Odom because of this and that. And Granted, the defense has not played well. I've said before I don't like the energy that they're playing with, uh, but they are absolutely beaten up in a major way, especially in the secondary. And there's just not any level of coaching in this conference that is going to elevate these guys to a point where they're ever going to be a good secondary. They're just not going to be good. Okay, it'll help if they can get Miles Slusher back. It'll help if they can get some of the J- uh, Jaden Johnson, Kari Johnson. It'll help if they can get those guys back because they're more talented. It's not because they're just being coached up. But it's amazing to read some of the comments from – uh, some fans who were all about Sam Pittman last year to this year, he's just not he's just not gonna be that guy. He's a guy that everybody wants to get the the job done. What is it? Is it Rounders or like the guy the guy that that everybody's really hoping gets the girl? Don't be that guy. <laughs> I can't even say I can't even say on this show what the other guy is. But you guys know he watched the show. Watched the movie. Anyway, There's no level of improvement that they can have with this defense. I did not like the scheme, the plan last weekend. I thought they needed to really come after him so I'll give you that too. Uh, I didn't like the energy that they played with, but as far as pass defense goes, these guys, just they're just not that good. I mean, it's, it's, it's a sad state of affairs. They're just not that good. They're really beaten up, and that's a big reason for it. I don't think it's because Barry Odom suddenly sucks coaching secondary. but there are some things that I would like to see better that they can control themselves. And that's the energy, the fire that they play with. There's just was totally lacking. Here's one example. And this was on special teams. So Mississippi state, this is when it's still a game. Mississippi state has a botched extra point attempt. Okay. Arkansas makes a tackle. They don't get the, they don't get the extra point. Obviously they're going for two at that point because the extra point kick is blown up. Uh, But they make the tackle, they keep a point off the board, and everybody just turns and walks to the sideline. No celebrating, no patting anybody on the helmet, just walking off. Okay. Good job, guys. Not not even that, just walking off. Where's the energy? You have to play defense. Like, they always talk about rebounding as a mentality. Defense is too. Defense is a mentality. You have to play like – and I'm not saying like play like Alvin Mack from the program where like, you know – what did he say? I don't know if I can get into that. But, you know, he's telling the running back for Mississippi State in the first game of the season, like, you know, you're the person that, I don't know, came after my family, my mom, and all that stuff, you know, and ends up going berserk. But you got to do something to get the energy level up. I have to watch the program. Maybe these guys need to watch the program. Okay. Just real quick, we're going to get to Curtis here in just a second, but um, looking at the BYU offensive line, it's, a, it's the tallest offensive line that Arkansas has faced, averaging 6'6 six, six half, three hundred eleven 311 pounds uh, per man. Kingsley samatia Samataya, I'm not even sure. I'm, I'm just, I know I'm just butchering the name, but uh, he's the right tackle, 6'6", 325. He is a redshirt freshman who transferred from Oregon last year. This guy was the number 36-ranked prospect in the entire country, okay, year before last, number 36 nationally. So he's a big-time recruit. What's interesting is all the other guys on the offensive line, none of them were ranked higher than like 1,000th, the 1,000th-ranked player in their respective classes. Some of them are a lot older. You know, obviously there's, you know, some of these guys, even uh, Jaron Hall, I think Jaron Hall is in like his seventh year post-high school. Some of these offensive linemen are older, have a lot of starts under their belts. But none of them were ranked really high. There's a couple of 6'8 guys on this offensive line. Jaron Hall can run the ball. He's not having as, as much success this year. Last year, he was 62 rushes for 307 yards. five yards a carry and three touchdowns. It was 189 of 296 passing, 63.9% for 2,583 yards, 20 touchdowns, and five interceptions in the last season. This year, he's 129 of 188, 68.6%, 1,558 yards, 14 touchdowns, two interceptions with an efficiency rating of 160.7. That's pretty good. Just looking at the numbers real quick, and we're about to get to Curtis here. Uh, BYU is averaging 32 points a game, 417 yards per game, 153 rushing yards per game, 264 passing yards per game. They're 42% on third down. Their red zone offense is actually pretty bad, 76%. That's 101 nationally. They've only had two turnovers, both on interceptions. Two turnovers this season that's third in the nation. Arkansas really needs to turn them over. One and a half sacks a game allowed, that's pretty good, and five tackles uh, for loss per game allowed. Arkansas's defense, conversely, is allowing 32 points a game. That's 109 nationally. 455 yards per game, that's 121 nationally. 148 rushing yards. 307 passing yards, that's 127 nationally. 142, uh, 142.9 efficiency rating, that's 100th nationally. All terrible numbers. Third down efficiency is bad, 43%. It's 104 nationally. Red zone defense is bad, 87%. Seven takeaways, which is, you know, also not great. Not awful, but not great. Three and a half sacks a game right now. That's 12th nationally. That's the one area they stand out, even though they didn't have a single sack or only touched um, Will Rogers once last game, only put their hands on him once last game. 5.5 tackles for loss at 72 nationally. All right. Let's get to Curtis.
0: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: For those of you who don't follow Curtis Wilkerson, you can follow him on Twitter at Kurt wilkerson underscore. He is the Hog Sports Senior Analyst and really does a little bit of everything for us. Razorback, I mean, just just everything. Razorback basketball, our main guy there. Helps on football, helps on baseball, even recruiting if we need him. Curtis, how you doing, man?
2: Hey, Trey. I'm doing great. How are you?
1: I'm doing good. We're just looking at this BYU matchup. I've been kind of, you know, focusing a little bit on uh, BYU's offense a little bit, and you always like to look on the defensive side of things. Um First of all, before we get into that, though, uh, I want you to talk a little bit about what you're expecting with the red-white scrimmage on Sunday. What is that, 2 o'clock?
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, 2 o'clock, Barnhill Arena. That's uh, that's always a lot of fun. Uh, pretty cool. We just saw that you know the university tweeted something out about uh, anybody who shows up for this red-white scrimmage at Barnhill gets a, a free complimentary ticket to the exhibition on the 24th against mm-hmm. Roger State. So... You know, for a lot of people, they're going to be selling out a lot of games. This could be, you know, the only opportunity to get to uh, to see the Razorbacks there in Bud Walton. So I, I think that's a pretty good deal that they're doing there. But, you know, these scrimmages, are, it, they're fun, right? They're for the fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, you know, there are some things that we want to see with this Razorback team. First of all, uh, it's a little bit of a unique situation where Arkansas was out on that foreign tour and the people who wanted to pay for Flow Sports or... I don't know, get on Twitch or whatever, uh, you know, they had the opportunity to see him do that. But up close and, and in person in front of a few thousand fans for the first time, uh, that'll be fun to see. Uh, you know, I, I think what's cool about it is, you know, over in Europe, they played everybody, uh, you know, every guy on the roster got a, you know, at least one start, which is nice. Uh, but not everybody was getting a lot of minutes. When you split it up for an inner squad you get to see guys for an extended sample size. So, I, you know, I think about Arkansas, uh, one of the questions when they left Europe was who is the center? You know, they, they spent so many of their resources in the portal mm-hmm. uh, adding these front core pieces, and we really didn't get to see much out of the Mitchell twins and, and Jalen Graham, you know, Kamani Johnson, and Trevor Brazil were really the guys who stole the show there in the front court. But we'll get to see more of those guys, you know, mixing it up a little bit. You'll get to see, you know, everybody's excited about Nick Smith. you know, get to see what he does. Maybe he'll be matched up against Anthony Black. I don't know, but. Uh, it's an exciting team. It's a deep roster, and you know, it, it kind of signifies that, hey, basketball, the start of the season is right around the corner. I mean, we're 25 days away, so uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm anxious to see how they you know, match up the teams, red versus white. They'll always flip a few guys back and forth at Mm -hmm. at halftime and things like that,
0: but it should be a really good day.
1: Always entertaining. Absolutely. I'll tell you, you know, you mentioned what this game is about and who it's for and stuff, the fans and all that stuff, but it's not for people watching at home. There's no way to watch the game. (laughs) And internet is down. Internet's going to be down on campus Sunday. I guess they've got some repairs they've got to do. I have no idea, but it's going to be down on campus. So, like – I guess a hotspot is probably the only option to get information out of that thing. I'm planning on going, I think it'll be uh, a packed house probably because nobody can watch it.
2: Yeah. That's a good way to increase your crowd, you know, to Mm -hmm. to say you're going to stream it and then, you know, come out a few days before and say, Oh, I actually checked that. We're not going to. So yeah. For people who want to, uh, to really get in there and check the action, um outside of you know whatever little tweet videos or whatever it might be that they put out you got to be there in person to see it so yeah we'll uh we'll get the hot spot rolling and and try to you know help everybody out with some live updates and things like that but if you can get out there come out i mean it's free all right mm-hmm. what, what else are you doing on the Sunday? so I, I think it'll be a good day and uh yeah it would have been nice if it was streamed but well, it doesn't always work out the way we want it to i guess
1: yep sunday at two o'clock barnhill arena october 16th for those um interested in attending uh and then the next opportunity be uh october 24th exhibition versus roger state and bud walton arena that's at 7 p.m they l- released a lot of uh the i don't believe that's televised right now and then you get october 29th at uh, um uh, texas and austin uh, three o'clock uh i don't even know if i get longhorn network and then uh <laughs> after that you're pretty well taken care of as far as being able to to watch things on television so so curtis um as I mentioned, you take a look at the uh, the uh, the defense for each team that Arkansas faces. What are you seeing out of out of BYU right now?
2: I think they're pretty strong in the secondary. Uh, I, I like their corners. They're giving up about 190 passing yards per game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a pretty opportunistic group last year. I think they had uh, something like 15 interceptions. They, they were pretty good there last year. They've got they've got five or six this year. It's kind of interesting uh, that none of their corners or safeties have gotten those. It's been their linebackers and. And things like that. But uh yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting to see if you know if KJ Jefferson's able to uh to air it out a little bit. we talk so much about these receivers and uh finding some more consistency, maybe getting some more things going downfield. Uh BYU's no push over there, but I do think Arkansas has an advantage uh when it comes to the rushing attack against BYU's run defense. And they rank hundredth nationally, uh, giving up about hundred and seventy-five yards on the ground per game. If you look at their losses. Uh, to Oregon and then to Notre Dame last week. They gave up well over 200 yards uh, on the ground. Utah State hit them for over 200 yards on the ground. So, uh, you know, if you're Arkansas and you got a top 10 rushing attack in the country, you, you probably feel pretty good, uh, you know, about your odds of, of going in there and lining it up and, and running it right at them. And I think Arkansas needs to do that, uh, maybe sustain some long drives, keep this banged up defense off the field a little bit if you can. Uh, but none of that really matters if you're only moving it from the 20 to 20 and not coming away with points right so uh, it's been a huge problem yeah it's been a huge problem so uh, cleaning things up there in the red zone and and putting six on the board instead of nothing Mm -hmm. uh, would be ideal for the Razorbacks there but yeah pretty good secondary there for BYU they've got some big bodies uh, there on the defensive line they you know they're getting ready to go to the Big 12, and, and they kind of look the part. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're a pretty big physical group, but uh, they, you know, they have been struggling a little bit there at the line of scrimmage defensively uh, against some of these bigger, uh, you know, power conference opponents that they've been facing. And I, I think Arkansas has definitely got an the advantage there going into the game Saturday.
1: Yeah, Caden Hawes is uh, is one uh, of their defensive linemen. He was actually uh, played at PA. He's a couple of years older than uh, than Luke Jones, who's a redshirt senior at Arkansas. So he's a couple of years older. Uh, but was looked at a little bit by Arkansas, but they never never ended up offering him. And Sam Pitt, that was the year Sam Pittman left for Georgia. So it's a long time ago that a lot of these guys are in high school, obviously. Um, you know, a lot of them, I guess, go – I'm not real familiar with uh, Latter-day Saints, but they uh, – I know they go on like a two-year mission or so A lot of them do. I'm, I'm not sure how all that works, to be to be honest. so.
2: Yeah, that, that's actually a really good point that you bring up. A lot of those guys – Uh, You know, they'll be listed as a as a sophomore or Mm -hmm. or whatever on the roster, but they've been in college for four or five years because of that. So, yeah, that that is a really good point. Uh, You know, something I didn't mention about Arkansas's ability to to pass in this game. uh, Maybe it's an opportunity for Trey Knox to get going a little bit, you know, against Notre Dame last week. Uh, BYU struggled to defend that Michael Meyer. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an interesting name to go with as we're getting close yeah. to Halloween, right? But Absolutely. Uh, big tight end for Notre Dame. He's really good. But he had 11 catches, 118 yards, two touchdowns. And he was just running wide open and, and free for big portions of that game. So uh, maybe it's an opportunity to get Trey Knox going. You know, he had such a big game against Cincinnati in the opener. Uh, it's been a little more sporadic, a, a little more limited since. So it, it's one to keep an eye on for the Razorbacks.
1: Curtis always does uh, five burning questions and the keys to victory. Uh, his five burning questions this week are, will Arkansas show up ready to play? It would be nice to get off to a, a fast start for once. Uh, will K.J. Jefferson dazzle in return? I think he's got a chance to. Will Arkansas play to its strength defensively, rushing, <laughs> getting after the quarterback? Last, I mean, last game they didn't get after the quarterback and they didn't defend the pass, so it was kind of uh, – just bad plan overall. Can Arkansas overpower BYU with a rushing tack? I think they've got a chance to do that. And can Arkansas get its swagger back? I think these are all great questions, Curtis. And for those who want to read more of those, he goes into in-depth um, trying to answer those on uh, on all of them. And then keys to victory, we always do penalties, turnovers, special teams, injuries, always play a key role. And we pick a, a, a fifth one that's uh, that's different. And, and this week it is red zone conversions, Curtis.
2: Yeah, 100%. I mean, you would think that a, an Arkansas team that ranks top 25 nationally in total offense, uh, you know, they average the, the 10th most yards per game in the country on the ground that they wouldn't have trouble converting once they get into the red zone, uh, especially with such an experienced and, and big physical offensive line, but they have. You know, they, they rank 116th in the FBS right now uh, in red zone scoring at 73.1%. Um, you know, they've come away with points on 19 of 26 trips inside the, you know, the opponent's 20 yard line, but seven empty possessions there and, and only 15 out of those 19 have been touchdowns. So, mm-hmm. uh, man, if you're going to do all the work, you know, to, to get down there and, and have success moving the ball. You want to be rewarded for those efforts, <laughs> so uh, I think it's going to be important. You know, we we saw him with a, a couple of turnover on downs there in the red zone against Mississippi State. Um, obviously, a, a, some troubles with fumbles at the goal line. You know, so different things can happen there. But uh, this would be a, a good week for Arkansas to get it right and, and start finishing some drives with some points for sure.
1: So, Curtis, I'm going to leave you with this. We usually come out with our predictions Friday morning. But uh, where are you leaning right now? What do you think is going to happen?
2: Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm going to pick Arkansas. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to pick Arkansas to win this game. Uh, I don't think it's going to be easy. Obviously, uh, you know, we talked about needing to finish some drives and, you know, trying to turn some of that total yardage into points offensively. Mm. I think they're going to be able to do that. I, I do. I, I think this team's kind of got its back against the wall. Maybe that chip will get back on their shoulder. Uh, A little bit, and we'll see more sense of urgency there. Uh, Defensively, they're just so banged up. You know, we still don't really know at this point uh, who's going to be trotting out there in the secondary. So uh, that obviously factors into it, and you you worry about that because BYU does have a good passing attack. Uh, But there are also some questions about you know the health of Jaron Hall, BYU's quarterback. Um, Sounds like he's almost certainly going to yeah. play but hundred percent. Yeah. yeah a little bit of a shoulder so maybe that impacts him a little bit uh but yeah i'm going to take arkansas to win this game i, I think it's going to be close and I, I think it might take quite a few points to uh to get the job done so i'm not sure yet on my score maybe i'm going to go uh i don't know 34 31 something mm-hmm. along those lines I, I think there's gonna be a lot of points put on the board
1: yeah, they've actually struggled against uh, the major conference or you know, and Notre Dame teams. They've only put 20 points up in regulation, but obviously last week, uh, with Hall's shoulder injury, they probably would have put up a little bit more. But he's supposed to be healthier. All right, Kurt, appreciate you, brother. Yep, anytime. All right, everybody, that's Kurt Wilkerson again. You can follow him at Kurt Wilkerson underscore. He is the Hog Sports senior analyst and just does a fantastic job for us. All right, we're gonna go to Mitch Harper now in just a second, but. One more time, I want to remind you about my friends over at Ozarks Go. If you're disappointed with your internet service, why? If they keep jacking your rates up year after year, why are you with them? With Ozarks Go, they're not going to like try to lure you in for some great deal the first year. Your bill the first year is going to be the same as it is the second year. You're going to get great service. You're not going to need service, really. At least my experience is I've never thought about these guys since the day that they installed it. I never have to unplug it, plug it back in or anything. The internet just works. I mean, it hums. It's never been a problem. I have experienced, personally, 100% uptime, downtime, what do you call uptime? Uptown? uptime 100% it has worked. And if you want to find out more about them, you can go to OzarksGo.net slash hog, H-A-W-G, OzarksGo.net dot net slash hog and find out more see if they're available in your area northwest arkansas generally everywhere up here uh, eastern oklahoma also so go check them out and if you want them to be in your area and they're not then you can go there too and say hey we'd love to have you in our area and they certainly are always focused on expansion you can also reach them at 479-684-4900 but the preferred way is to find out through their website uh, go check the availability there so Good company, good service. Trey Biddy, stamp of approval with Ozarks Go. All right, let's go to my man Mitch Robert, or excuse me, Mitch Harper. Excuse me, Mitch. Mitch Harper is the publisher for Cougar Sports Insider. He also does radio up there in Provo, and he's going to give us some good insight here on the BYU Cougars. Mitch, how you doing, man?
3: Hey, doing good.
1: Well, we appreciate having you on over on Hog Sports Live and uh, just giving you a little bit of an introduction. You can follow Mitch Harper at Mitch underscore Harper on Twitter if you want to find out more about the BYU Cougars. And uh, you also do radio up there. What, what station are you with up there, Mitch?
3: Yeah, I'm, also, I'm with the KSL News Radio, the uh, over-the-air flagship home of, of BYU football. They've been uh, broadcasting BYU games since 1951 and, and host a – uh, Cougar sports Saturday and extended pregame shows on, uh, on KSL news radio.
1: And I'll be joining him also. Uh, what time you got me on over there? 10 30, my time 10 30 central time. Yep. Yep. 10 30 central. Okay. All right. Looking forward to joining you guys. All right, Mitch. So we'll just, uh, we're not going to veer too far away from our uh, behind enemy lines deal that we're working on. Uh, so I'll, I'll just get you in with a few questions here. First of all, Jaron Hall, uh, he's been a good quarterback for BYU, obviously. What what are his strengths and weaknesses? What makes him uh, the player that he is? I think
3: the biggest strength, Trey, is is that his accuracy and his ball security uh, have been elite this year and, and throughout his career, too. Uh, I think that, you know, Jaron Hall protects the football. You know, Aaron Roderick, BYU's offensive coordinator, uh, said a few weeks ago that NFL scouts – and there's been around a dozen or so each game this season – uh, with most likely watching Jaron Hall, they've all been telling Roderick that they love that Jaron Hall protects the football. And he's only got two interceptions this year. Last week, he had an interception on the first play of the game against Notre Dame. That was in large part due uh, to his shoulder pain, which I'm sure we'll, we'll get to. But uh, Jaron has been a guy that, uh has been accurate and i think also too you know he put in some work in the off season with john beck a quarterback trainer at, at 3dqb who also worked with zach wilson and that's done a world of good for for jaron he he made a concerted effort to improve his accuracy in the deep passes last year he was not as accurate in that space due to cracked ribs and uh he's been a lot better in that regard so uh jaron's a really good quarterback and and uh, you know BYU's a place that knows good quarterback play and I think that he has the potential uh to finish his career among some of the greats in, in BYU history at that
1: spot oh that's a mouthful there's certainly been some great quarterbacks at BYU uh, now while we're on the topic of, of injuries and stuff w- first of all what is the injury with the shoulder
3: so against Utah State two weeks ago he took a hard hit and landed on his throwing shoulder mm-hmm. and immediately when he got up he started rotating the shoulder and you could tell that it was visible that that uh, he was having some issues last week leading up to notre dame he barely practiced if at all it wasn't mm-hmm. until the thursday before the notre dame game that he practiced and that, that's just unheard of in college yeah. football to play a game where you don't practice and i think it shows why byu only had 48 yards of offense against notre dame last week and uh so he's dealing with his shoulder he has been a full go this week mm-hmm. uh in practice and uh expect to be a lot better and you saw some improved play in that second half against the Irish. So I would assume that, you know, Jaron's going to be a lot better off uh, this week, but still, uh, you know, there's, there's some, there's some pain there with, Mm. with that throwing shoulder Uh, other injuries of note uh, running back miles Davis, number 19. He's been, you know, kind of the change of pace back. Uh, He Aaron Roderick told me yesterday that he is hopeful Uh, on Davis but thing is we did not see him at practice so hopeful usually means with this BYU coaching staff that I wouldn't bank on it is what is kind of my interpretation of that they're Mm -hmm. expecting to have wide receiver Chase Roberts back who's been out the past few weeks Roberts had a huge game against then number nine Baylor back in week two he's number 27 Uh, he's a redshirt freshman he was once an Under Armour All-American he's a uh, a big passing target in the re, in the past game for Jaron Hall. He's expected to be back. Puka Nakua, the star receiver for BYU, a former Washington transfer. Uh, he's, he's good to go. Uh, Gunnar Romney, another wide receiver, uh, there, there's a hopeful deal with him. He, he had a lacerated kidney uh, injury in fall camp, and he came back two weeks ago for the first time. And then last week against Notre Dame on a uh, catch late in the third quarter, uh, he walked off the field, was carted off, and had a you know uh, precautionary visit to the mm-hmm. hospital in Las Vegas. Uh, I'm not expecting him to be able to go. We didn't see him at practice this week, so uh, you know that, those are some of the key injuries on the offensive side. They've got a few guys on the defensive side that are uh, banged up, but by all accounts, all the key guys on defense should be available for BYU.
1: Mitch Harper joining us, the publisher at Cougar Sports Insider. You can follow him, again, at Mitch underscore Harper on Twitter. And they do a great job over there at the BYU site on 24-7 Sports. So it sounds like maybe with Hall, maybe we're not talking about an AC joint or something like that that's serious. So at Arkansas, I actually had a, an issue with Brandon Allen back in 2013. Uh, he had a, an AC injury and – did not practice at all during the week. He just came in for the game. So um, it is a rare occurrence, but we've certainly seen something like that similar. But it sounds like Halls maybe is not quite as uh, as serious as that one. Certainly hope not. Um, so – just with with BYU's offense, obviously they only put up twenty points last week. A lot of that can be attributed to Hall's injury. But uh, when you look at their games against uh, you know power five type of opponents and Notre Dame, uh, they've only put up twenty points in regulation in all of those. What do you, what do you uh, attribute that to?
3: You know the, these defenses that they face, they've brought pressure, and, and BYU's offensive line has not lived up to the to the lofty expectations that were placed upon them in the preseason. You know, BYU offensive line coach Daryl Funk, who's been around a lot of spots in college football. He worked with uh, Brady Hope when he was at Michigan. Uh, you know, he told me in the preseason that he felt this could be, you know, maybe the best offensive line in the country. At least that was a goal they were aspiring for. And you look at a guy like Blake Freeland, a left tackle, you know all too well, Trey. You know, Kingsley Sumat, the, uh, You know yeah. Sam Pittman was talking about him this week. He's a guy that uh, has been a plug-and-play guy at right tackle, incredible talent. Uh, but young uh, there there's been uh, you know, there's the, the learning curve on this offensive line has been surprisingly, it hasn't been just uh, this flawless uh, protection for Jaron Hall. There's been nine sacks on Jaron. He's taken a lot more hits this year and that's been surprising, but these power five defenses uh, have gotten to Jaron and they've created pressure. And when Sam Pittman's saying that he's going to bring the pressure and that's what BYU is fully expecting, uh, you know, that's that's a little bit worrisome mm-hmm. i think for byu so i think the, that the, just the offensive line has not lived up to to its billing and at times in those games against the p5 teams especially baylor and oregon byu was one-dimensional the, the rushing attack was non-existent against those teams so it was all on jaron hall to kind of mask up all the underwhelming uh, performances around him and uh, he did well against baylor obviously they got the win but uh, uh, against Oregon and Notre Dame, uh, at times it's been you know underwhelming it wasn't enough and and so but I think that the the offensive line uh, that that's an area where BYU they've got to play a lot better in that in that position because they just haven't lived up to the uh, high expectations that were placed on them going into the year.
1: BYU has a, a big back in Chris Brooks, 6'1", 230 pounds, grad, uh, grad transfer from Cal. Uh, what can you tell us about the running game? Obviously, you mentioned Miles Davis is quote unquote hopeful, which doesn't sound good uh, based on your experience with the the language with the staff. What can you tell us about the running game?
3: Yeah, Chris Brooks is is their best running back, but I think that he's been, you know, underperforming this year. You know, he came into the year and uh, BYU lost Tyler Algier who's now with the Atlanta Falcons. He was a, you know, f- fifth-round pick, was the single-season rushing leader in BYU history a, a season ago. So there was big shoes to fill and they go into the portal and get Chris Brooks and I think the way that he knew the playbook inside and out, uh, I think that there was just this thought where he was going to be plug and play. He was going to be a perfect fit in wide zone um, offense at BYU, dating back to their days with Jeff Grimes, who was there before he went to Baylor. Uh, that's been kind of the the bread and butter of BYU football, is wide zone uh, running attack. And, and uh, you know that just hasn't been there with, mm-hmm. with Brooks. Now, he's gotten going a little bit the last few weeks. Uh, but uh, they have not used the wide – they haven't turned to the wide zone as much. It's been a lot between the tackles, uh, you know, running up the middle. And, uh, you know, Brooks is a guy that maybe doesn't have, uh, if, you, if you would say, the little bit of that, that wiggle where he can't, uh, you know, break tackles. He's just going to invite contact and try to run through people a little bit. And I think at times against Power 5 competition, that, that just hasn't worked out well for him. And, and when Miles Davis had his big game against Wyoming – uh, you know, Brooks was non-existent to the point where it looked like, is, is he kind of in the doghouse? Is he, uh, someone that's fallen out of favor with his coaching staff, but, uh, you know, they've stayed consistent. These coaches that, uh, it's, a uh, you know, a, a running back by committee three, any hot hand that emerges in a given week will get the touches. But, uh, I, I think that they should continue to turn to Brooks who, uh, by all accounts, I think is the most talented guy. If, you know, and, and I think that he's someone that, uh, uh, you know, they, they have to get going and have to uh, have success with him on the ground if they want to try to get this win over Arkansas.
1: Flipping it over to defense real quick, we know that this is not a very aggressive defense as far as blitzing and such, but they are very multiple. What can you tell us about the strengths and weaknesses on that, D?
3: Yeah, the this defense is polarizing to BYU fans. Uh, th- this is the point of contention uh, for the BYU fans every week. Uh, I think it's Uh, BYU fans are ready to fire the defensive coordinator on a moment's notice, Elisa Tuiaki, who's been with Kalani every step of the way uh, in really Kalani's coaching career. And I think a lot of the frustration with the lack of aggressiveness stems from, you go back to Kalani Satake's days when he was at Utah as a defensive coordinator there. They had some of the best-performing defenses in regards to sack totals in all of college football. Go back to around like 2014, 2013, Utah had a term called Sack Lake City And I think the natural thought was, okay. that comes to BYU and it's just going to be, you know, Sac Lake City down in Provo. Mm. And it's really never materialized. And that's been over the course of the entire Kalani Satake tenure. They haven't had one player that's had a single season with more than 10 sacks. But uh, but, you know, for this week, you know, BYU did show against Notre Dame uh, a week ago that they were. A, a lot more aggressive about, you know, forty percent clip of, of, of uh, blitz rate for BYU against the Irish. So they were more aggressive last week, but they had some head scratching issues when it came to personnel too. Uh, BYU typically lines up in an odd front; they're going to have three, sometimes even five guys on the front. But last week they would have situations where uh, players were, uh, you know, not in their correct spots. They had ten guys on the field. They had to burn a couple timeouts. There's just been some communication issues and I think one of the problem too with BYU is that they just lack an identity when you talk when we talk about the multiple side they will adjust their scheme almost like it feels radically uh, each and every week to the opponent that they're facing sometimes I'm seeing a D end that you know the guy that's did his best when he's got his hand in the ground and then last week he's lining up in the box at linebacker and I'm just thinking it's hard to really identify week to week where byu's you know identity is and where guys are going to be because it, it'll change radically and uh, i'm curious to see what they do this week against arkansas but uh one of the the key guys to watch for is number 31 max tooley in large part because he's made some big plays he's got two pick sixes this year he's got three interceptions on total on the season and he's kind of one of those guys that maybe he isn't always the most assignment sound but he just makes big plays and and i think that's where a lot of people have enjoyed watching him. He's athletic too. He's a former, uh, you know, high-level three-star composite guy that uh, was once a safety, now a linebacker. So watch for him. BYU's got a pretty good secondary too. A uh, former Vanderbilt starter and Gabe Judy Lally. He came in as a grad transfer. He's immediately become a starter. He's been really good for BYU. And they also got Oregon State transfer Caleb Hayes, manning the other side at cornerback. But but they don't get tested much because the the run defense. Uh, for really, uh, all uh, it's been poor. They're one hundredth nationally, and that should be music to the ears of the Hogs because I think their identity, of course, is going to be running the football, and BYU is not good at stopping the run.
1: It's amazing how fans view coaches. It's not what. It's like you never did anything good. It doesn't. It doesn't matter what how good you are in the past or last year. It's what you're doing right now. And if you're not doing it right now, then it's time to go. <laughs> you know. So, uh, it's true
3: it, it it's and it's it's so true because uh I mean yeah BYU they got a win over Baylor earlier in the year and they were up to number 12 in the rankings so yeah. I was like doesn't matter they yeah. gotta fire the defensive coordinator yeah. so it, it's 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 definitely true
1: absolutely all right we'll get you out with this one real quick uh just a quick score prediction how do you see this one playing out on Saturday
3: I think BYU squeaks this one out I, I mean I I think that Arkansas's got more talent. I think they got more, they got, they got, uh, they're deeper.
1: Uh, but you I think, you know, both teams kind you of have been watching up the secondary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: but, uh, I, I just think, you know, I, I, you know, I value the the star ratings, obviously. And I think, you know, not enough people uh, put, you know, on the out that don't follow this daily, like guys like us, they, they don't value that enough. And I, I always tend to lean to that. And that's mm-hmm. always where these games are are dicey. But I will say the environment at BYU games, you know back in the day when it was Lavelle Edwards the atmosphere was not a thing at BYU but these last five years or so it has ramped up and, and be I don't know if it's if it's maybe uh the student body is more in they're getting students enrolled that are more focused on on uh, maybe being sports fans rather than just uh into their academics and they're just more hyped up for sporting events I don't know what it is but it feels like the, the marketing at BYU, the, these atmospheres have just been rocking and, mm-hmm. and to the point where it's causing fault starts. It's causing issues for these opponents. We've seen it in these games the last couple of years. And I think, you know, BYU's defense, they had a lot of struggles last week giving up, you know, they were they were on the field for 41 minutes. I think they're going to find some ways to get, uh, you know, some three and outs, maybe some defensive stops, maybe come up with a, a takeaway or two, maybe. it's not in their DNA, but I think they find a way and I think this will this will be a game that there, there's some points scored. I think BYU squeaks it out about 33 to 31. I think the home field advantage is ultimately the, the difference in this one uh, for BYU, and I think they, they squeaked out a close victory.
1: Yep, certainly watched some BYU games this season. Looks like a raucous environment. And uh, really appreciate having you on, Mitch. We went a little bit longer, but, uh, man, you provided so much great insight, we, uh, we couldn't let you go. But uh, appreciate you hopping on with us and look forward to talking to you on Saturday. You
3: bet, Trey. Take care, man.
1: All right, thanks, Mitch. All right, everybody, that's Mitch Harper. Again, follow him at Mitch underscore Harper if you're a BYU fan or if you just like college football, seems to really know his stuff. And, uh, man, I think that was one of our better guests, actually. So uh, definitely provided some great insight there on BYU. All right, everybody, one last time here. I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Become one of – Almost 100,000 Razorback fans. We'd love to get to that 100,000 number uh, to follow the page and uh, like the video if you're enjoying it. Just take a moment to throw us a thumbs up, leave comments, obviously. Uh, also available on YouTube. Throw us a like on YouTube if you haven't done so already. And uh, share the content with somebody else you think might like it. We'd love to have you subscribe to our YouTube channel and to hit the notification bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. Also available on Apple Podcast. If you haven't taken a moment to throw us a five-star review, do that real quick. And if you want to take a little more time to let other people know what you think about the show, uh, then we would love to have uh, a review from you uh, written down. Also available on Apple, or excuse me, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you think of find your favorite podcasts. And Hog Sports is just one dollar right now for your first month at hawgsports.com. All right, guys. Next time I'll be with you guys on Saturday, I guess, early evening, uh, doing the walk and talk. Thanks to Curtis Wilkerson for joining us and Mitch Harper as well. All right, everybody, this has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time.
0: New CBS Sunday.
3: You collect rewards, right?
0: This is how I make my living. When something is lost. Everyone's looking for something. He finds it.
2: You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so.
0: So-so's okay. (sighs)